The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, Brian Broaddus, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Monday, December 12th, 2022, season 18, episode number 88. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break. We're live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star, presented by Miller Lite, the only beer of the Dallas Cowboys. And uh, today we talk about Cowboys versus Texans. Cowboys get the win in a game that was probably shakier than people expected at 27-23. What's the date again? December 12th. Did I get that wrong? Yeah, yes, December 12th. It is December 12th. I was going to get to that. Can you let me finish? <laughs> well, you I missed his birthday. I know. Yeah, I was well, we forgot Ambar, so I, I wouldn't even say a word. Did I mess you up? I mean, so so basically, okay. So Appreciate it, Nick. We got a game he to talk a about. Cowboys game. Yeah, I had, yeah. I had a whole intro. I had a whole intro planned. I was driving into work, like, thinking, okay, how am I going to say this? And Nick just screws it up. Start it. Keep going. No, no, no. You <laughs> kill the moment. Happy birthday, Brian. Let's I'm so you guys. sorry. <laughs> Appreciate you guys. I really do. Thank you, though. That was, uh, that was an interesting one yesterday. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're jumping right, right back into yesterday. No, yeah. Oh, that's sorry. no Brian, though, right? Yeah, yeah there we Brian. go. Yeah, we, no, we happy had, birthday, buddy. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh... Yeah, you're right. Not one we thought that that was going to be that way, but a 1-10 in 10 team that kind of came in with a little bit of an idea about, uh, you know, maybe to kind of mess you up a little bit yeah. with uh, some of the things that they did offensively. I thought they had a pretty good plan. I, I think you caught a little bit of a break on that fourth down series with the ankle injury to Pierce. The third kind of kind of slowed him down a little bit, and so Rex Burkhead's in there running the ball on fourth down and stuff, and you're yeah. like, okay, but lucky sometimes, breaks. Sometimes you need some breaks along the way. Sometimes you do. Yeah, you look at that. Uh, I really think about that that whole last series, and we'll get to that. We're going to talk a little bit more about that, but let's start first. Let's go around the table. What was the big takeaway from that game for you? Because I think there's right now kind of two camps. There's one camp of people who are like, Cowboys suck. There's no way they should have been in that game. They should have played like that yesterday. There's another camp that's like, a win is a win. Never apologize for a win. Where do you guys fall? Nick? Uh, I mean, I definitely think, you know, a win is a win. I mean, like, you, you, you can't. You can't apologize for for the game. I mean, you know, like we say all the time, emotions matter, and, and they mattered in this game. And 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 they Cowboys didn't underestimated them. Um, and, and you know, injuries are going to continue. When injuries pile up, you're going to the talent level is going to kind of start to even out a little bit. So, um, you know, I, I thought the Cowboys gave Houston every chance to stay in the game, and then when it was time to take it, they, they you know the better team won. But uh, I'm not that worried about it because. Beating the Vikings didn't make you Super Bowl champions, and, be, and, lo- and winning this game the way they did doesn't mean that they can't compete in the playoffs. So there's a balance there. Amber? I think you always expect the Cowboys to play this type of game, but for me, I thought it was going to happen last week against the Colts, not this week against the Texans. So it was still surprising to see the way they struggle especially against a team like the Texans, and we talked about it. It just it, I never imagined a scenario like what we watched yesterday. But surprisingly, something about it, it just 
I don't feel as bad as people are feeling right now. And like, oh, you're not going to do anything in the playoffs. You can't be any, you know, you're not contenders. Dak is not enough to win a playoff game, blah, blah, blah. Something about it makes me feel better. Right now at this point, I feel better than I did last season where they were at. So it's it just keeps them on their toes. I mean, it, had they lost the game, that would have been a different story. But the fact that they went out and still won the game. Now, the biggest part of what happened yesterday to me were those injuries. And I'm sure we'll get to them. But they suffer a lot of injuries that are concerning. And now it changes from a pretty healthy team that you had going on to, okay, now you got several key players hurt, and we'll see kind of the capacity of what that looks like and all that as far as how about the injuries were. But all in all, yes, a lot of mistakes, but I don't know. I, I, I can't, It just keeps them humble, in my opinion. This kind of embarrassment, in a way, keeps them humble, and I think that they'll be better because of it. I had visions of the Denver game in my head, you know, last year when the, there were you know the different coverages and stuff like that, and the cover two, and I'm kind of sitting there thinking, okay, what are they doing to Dak right now to kind of confuse him a little bit? I think on the interception to Noah Brown, I think he thought that they were going to play man coverage, and they really they played zone, but they played so much cover two on him yesterday, you know, they even ran what we the Tampa two we talk about. We're all familiar because of Rod Marinelli run the linebacker through the middle of the field, trying, you know, you turn that linebacker to face the strong side of the field and run it, and if you don't throw it, then you know you you kind of rally and do that. But you know, I felt like that it was one of those games where. I'm thinking, man, they, they're playing cover two. They're playing cover two. They're playing cover two. They're kind of they're messing with Dallas. And they're messing with Dak. And then the final drive, the 98 yard drive, they played cover two every single snap, and Dak picked them apart. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, ah, okay, okay, they figured something out here. You know, I I think that you played a football team that didn't have anything to lose. We should have known something when Jeff Driscoll gets called up from the practice squad, and then they, you know, and then Allen doesn't get to dress, and so. Now you're thinking like, okay, what's Jeff Driscoll ever done against the – whoa, wait a minute, that Detroit game, they they ran the read option stuff. They ran him. They did. So they had a really nice game plan. You know, Pep Hamilton did a good job, I thought, for the first half. Second half, Dallas gave up three points. That's all they gave up. You know, it, it took – it took a goal line stand to really to win the football game to give you an opportunity, but you couldn't have played that goal line stand any better than they played it. But I, I these games are tough. They're tough to win. Um, I think you're absolutely right about that, Ambar. But again, it's like I think teams are trying to figure out ways to make Dak make mistakes. You know, and Houston's call to that was to play was to play uh, clog and cover that two and drop and then make him have to read that field. And there were some route combinations in this game that weren't really very good. You know, they weren't, they weren't, there was some, there was some guys that were running in the same areas and Dak was having to hesitate, pull it down some, but yeah, I, I think teams are doing everything in their power not to blitz him and not to play man coverage against him because that's when he's, when he thrives throwing the ball. And you know, I think loving them had a really good plan defensively until that very last drive, and they 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 didn't have a plan. Guy made two of the best throws you'll ever see. The throw to the throw to to Noah Brown was a rope right where it needed to be. The throw to Schultz on the next play was a great throw. So you know, yeah, you can kind of sputter along and have problems, and then when it has to be on the line, go make plays, and that's what they did that final drive. 
Yeah, I, I'm probably for me. I'm I'm not as <laughs> I'm not as wheels off as I think a lot of fans are today because for me this is kind of what I expected to some degree that this is a possibility. And if you remember, we started last week by saying. Guys, this Texans team, this game may be a little different than you think it's going to be. The only thing that surprised me is that the Cowboys didn't pull away at the end, that they were actually having to play for the win at the end of the game. But I expected that by halftime, exactly what we saw was what we were going to see. Uh, because, again, you're talking about a team, and Lovey talked about it after. They came into that game throwing every. They had nothing yeah. to lose. And it was an in-state rival as far as the way they look at it. And for them... They know they're not going to the playoffs. They know they're not doing anything this year but trying to get the number one seed. And, but to be able to say, as a part of that, they beat the in-state rival, that was huge for them. And they threw everything at the Cowboys. And on the flip side of that, I don't think the Cowboys came ready to play in the same way. They didn't take, I don't think the level of intensity was the same between the Cowboys and the Texans. And when you have those kind of scenarios, that's what you get. You get teams that are really good playing teams that are really bad, and the intensity level makes it even. And and I think that's what we saw yesterday. And so, again, I'm not – I don't think it's a, a bad – like Cowboys – look, good teams have bad days. Good teams, probably even really good teams, figure out how to win in spite of it. Uh, Philadelphia did the same, things a few, same thing a few weeks ago when they had to struggle, only scored three points in the first three quarters against Indianapolis and figured out a way to win that game. That's what good teams do. So I don't I don't look at this as a horrible thing. I think there are some things that came out of this game that concern me about the Cowboys. But overall, I think the Cowboys just played a bad game. They figured out how to win. You survive in advance. Like you go to the next week and you yeah. figure it out and hope you don't get back in the same situation. And not to say they didn't take this game seriously whatsoever. I mean, you still go in and take a game serious and play how you need to play, but even the week leading to that game, the mood here, the energy is like, oh, this, we got this. You know, they didn't even have padded practice. They just had, you know, walkthroughs and things like that. So I think, and again, I'm not in those meetings, but the preparation was different than how they've been preparing for all the games. And that's something that Mike McCarthy has talked about. Kind of like at this point of the season, right. you have to manage, you know. It wasn't just about this week. Yeah, it was yeah. that that's the part of the season that they're in. Th- things yeah. are changing because yeah. you do have to manage and, and take care of their bodies and all that because of where we're at in the year. But still, it, it's a switch from what they've been doing versus how this week just kind of the mood, the energy, the environment that it was around the building. Yeah. I'm not speaking for them or whatever. I'm just like, even us, when we talked about the Texans, you did the analysis here, Brian. You you looked at their offense, their defense, and all that, but it was just kind of very dismissive. Oh, I mean, Vegas gave them 17 this. points. I mean, I yeah. think everybody in the country, and again, we talked about this last week too. Yeah. This is the nature of the NFL. When everybody assumes one thing is going to happen, that's when you start being like, okay, I'm a little nervous about this <laughs> because that's the nature of the NFL. They're professionals too. That's what happens sometimes, and you can't really put your finger on it, but this is not unique yeah. to the Cowboys. This happens across the league sometimes where things like this just happen, and again, it's the sign of a good team that in those situations can still figure out how to win. And I'm going to run down this kind of the end of the game, and I'd love for you guys just to talk about what stood out to you most, but you think about how this game played out, and the Cowboys are in a situation where the offense and the defense both had to make the plays necessary to win this game. The defense... Houston gets the ball on the Dallas four after the interception. They had four tries within the four-yard line to get into the end zone. And there was a great play to start off by LV and Sam Williams to get a one-yard loss on a run. 
Carlos Watkins made what may have been the play of the game. You want to know what one. you want to know what the play that set that whole thing up though was? Yeah, what? Dalton Schultz made the tackle on the interception return. Yeah, I didn't think about that. But, but I mean, because yeah. that thing could have been like, okay, ball's tipped, everybody gives up, and now it's a walk-in Ends touchdown. Yep. And Dalton Schultz actually made a, a really good play yep. to get over. And that's why you teach these guys. You yell, you know, you hear the line coaches all the time at training camp. You know, cover, cover. You know, when there's a ball tipped and mm-hmm. interception, because you want to get guys over because that actually put the ball right there because they could have walked that thing in and. Now now you're really dead. Yep. Yeah. And then you got Carlos Watkins that makes the play. They thought it was a touchdown. They called it a touchdown, I think, initially, his, didn't they? His knee was down. And uh, he yeah. was down. Yeah. And so he's at the one. And then you got the big play by Tank, which, again, he just seems to make these kind of plays in situations for the negative two. Um, and then Gallimore and Barr make the the uh, the tackle for one, and that gets the turnover on downs. Then strange. the offense, that's when Dak took over. They go 6 of 7 for 79 yards. Dak also had two rushes in that drive for 15 yards. They went uh, – the, the drive was an 11-play drive, 98 yards, 239 was the drive time, um, and, and then scored to take the lead and eventually win the game. And that, for me, was what I loved about what I, what I saw yesterday is because it was at the, the time when you absolutely needed it, and it wasn't just one side of the ball. Both sides of the ball had to deliver in some very tough situations. Stopping a team when they're at your four – and then driving 98 yards for the touchdown. I love yeah. that. What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, and, and also the the special teams because 53-yard field goal earlier in the quarter, if you don't make that field goal, yeah. you know, you're you're only up you're up by 6 and they're kicking a field goal and then they beat you by 9. I mean, like the, so that that was huge too. But but I thought, yeah, like you said, I mean, the defense just just that was the huge huge play there that was stopping them at the one and then you know, forcing Lovey Smith to make a decision there on fourth down, and um, I don't know. blame him for going for it. I don't either. either. I don't blame him. Yeah. You know, and I, I, it was funny when I initially watched the play. I thought that the quarterback went the wrong way, and it looked like they were trying to run like a reverse option mm-hmm. is what they were. But when you look at the way it was blocked, because you know Driscoll kind of opens to his left, Burkhead goes right. It's like maybe it pierces in there. You get the jab step and then the spin. If maybe a guy's not working, you catch a break again. Maybe the guy who's the play is kind of designed for isn't in there running it. They call it anyway. And then Burkett just, you know, he just takes off. Burkett, excuse me, just takes off running. And now you, your defense is set. Like mm-hmm. they're like, oh, the ball's coming this way. Where it looked like they were trying to fool you on a option left get you go that way and then come back to the right so you know really great job and and again that you, you Watkins played and those four plays he was tremendous on those four plays yeah. and you know tank and you know I mean tank's ability to read that quickly when there's a down block and he knows down block this guy's going to down block me and he shoots the gap I mean, right behind, you know, to get the stop right there. So, yeah, just just all around great job by the defense on that goal line stand. This was a, the first time. You know, usually you trust this defense to take care of business, and it's been that way kind of all season, I feel like. But it got to the point where around that time, I didn't think the defense was going to be able to make the stop. It's like certain things that they've been doing just kind of – Makes me nervous. Um, but they took care of business, as always. Tank was amazing, and I'm mm-hmm. glad he he had the game that he did And the, because he's a guy that hasn't been receiving as much credit as he should and is a guy that's kind of 
overlooked because other players kind of get the benefit of, you know, and we talked about it, him being on the field gives other guys the opportunity to, you know, build up stats and all that. But I'm glad he played the way that he did. I'm glad he he was able to make his presence known at the time that he needed in key moments like that because, like I said, when that, those plays happened, I was sure – the Texans was gonna were gonna take over and score. I'm surprised you say that because you have so much faith in Dan Quinn. You know that you <laughs> well, like I take turns sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying though. To me, it was like it was a sudden change, and you're like, you know, all of a sudden the defense, and you knew maybe a team in the past would have given it all up. Mm-hmm. I don't think I think Dan Quinn made some really good calls. I think the players play extremely hard mm-hmm. for him on defense. I, I do. I, they they take a lot of pride in that. And I, I think yesterday that was one of those opportunities where they weren't going to let themselves down and they weren't going to let Dan Quinn down. Yep. In that, you know, the only chance they had to, to do it to win is to get a stop, and they got a stop. Mm-hmm. The guy made some great calls down there to kind of take care of that. He really right. did. Let's take our first break. Let's come back. Let's talk about Dak Prescott and his day. Kind of up and down. Some questions about him. Some questions yeah. about him for the last couple of weeks. We'll talk about that when we come back. DallasCowboys.com radio. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. What do you call a group of grown men and women with their faces painted silver and blue who get together every week to share a three-hour-long ritual of jumping, sinking, and toasting Miller Lite and 10-gallon hats while yelling, how about them cowboys? You call it Miller Time in Dallas. Here's to the Cowboys. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. 2021 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. When you build, you start with the foundation. And home ownership is a foundation of a stable future. The Bank of America Community Home Ownership Commitment has helped over 34,000 people lay the groundwork so far. With up to $10,000 towards your down payment or 3% of the purchase price, whichever is less, the satisfaction of owning your own place can become a reality. Visit bankofamerica.com slash homeowner to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Equal housing lender. Credit and collateral is subject to approval. Restrictions apply. This is not a commitment to lend. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 
to the break. Tis the season for Dallas Cowboys holiday youth camps presented by Invisalign. Registration for one-day football and dance academy camps are now open. Don't miss your chance to send your athlete to camp at AT&T Stadium on December 20th and 21st. Register today. DallasCowboys.com slash academy. Welcome back. Second segment of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at The Star. This segment brought to you by Blockchain.com. All right, let's jump into uh, some conversation on Dak Prescott. Yesterday, he was 24 of 39, 62% completion rate, 284 passing yards, one touchdown, two interceptions, a 70.9 quarterback rating. Up and down a lot of the day. I mean, early in the game, this was not one of those games where I thought, in my opinion, they started slow. I mean, they scored two touchdowns in the first three possessions. But they had that lull there in the middle, and uh, and a lot of that was on Dak. What were your thoughts on how Dak played yesterday? Played all right. I mean, uh, uh, to to win the game, you know. I mean, came back to win the yeah. game. But but he was not, as I said earlier. I mean, he was the third best quarterback on the field uh, behind the two that they were rolling out in Houston. So that's that's never a good thing to be number three quarterback in, on the field. And I thought he was playing. I thought he was missing throws. I thought the, the offensive line wasn't helping them. They, just, they didn't look like they practiced all week. Mm-hmm. And so that's what it looked like <laughs> to me. Uh, but. That's that was that was the thing, and you know to but, your point. But <laughs> it was, you know what? It go win the game. I mean, get, your defense bailed you out or whatever it is, and you still have a chance to go win. And then they just carved him up like like they had been waiting for it all time. You know, the whole time. Yeah. Well, you had quite a few passes that were dropped by the receiver or tight end. There were several occasions where Dak threw it. I thought pretty good, and then they yeah. just dropped it for no. I mean, should have make a tough catch. catch. I mean, it's yeah, a there tough was someone catch. with tough catches. Make they it. got hit, but they should hold on the ball. Eleven yeah. million but a year, make it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. it was nothing like like if you're a professional NFL player playing this game, you should have caught that and held on to that ball. Yep. But here's the thing with Dak. For me, it's just it's complicated because there are so many good throws that he makes, some really good throws, and you're like, that's why. But then he goes back and makes mistakes or. It's not consistently great, but can you ask that for him to be consistently great? And that's where I think the argument comes into hand. And I think the salary stuff, that's out of question because it's not even he's not even the most paid quarterback now anymore <laughs> at all. So he's, you know, that's just the business of it. But the problem here, and we talked about it, that Nate brought it when we did that show, was the, uh, the interceptions that it's becoming a constant thing. Mm-hmm. Like every game, yep. there's an interception, at yep. least one. Yeah. Yep. And now it goes into the argument, okay, do you want him to be more careful? Or do you want, uh, what's the word? Aggressive. Aggressive. Or do you want him to keep being aggressive? And he talked about it after the, the game in the press conference. And he's like, okay, I don't want to take away from my aggressiveness. Yes, I got to be more smart with throwing the ball, I know that, but it's a tough balance there. And I think that at some point it might bite them in the butt. <laughs> As of, I mean, I do not want to take that away from him and just let him, because again, some of, he makes some really, really good throws. And the yeah. ones you pointed out, Brian, are pretty impressive. But how do you find the right balance? Yeah, there? that's the thing about. It. I don't think his offensive line was near was very good yesterday. Yep. I think that, and it wasn't just when they got backed up. I thought they were not very good at tackle. 
I don't think Smith was particularly good at times. He got compressed quite a bit. I felt like that Steele, up until the point when he got hurt, he was having one of those games. He's always, to me, a better run blocker than, than pass blocker. I think they got out of in the first half what they're really good at, and that's having the balance and running the mm-hmm. football. Their disparity, disparity, what is the word? Dis- disparity? Exactly. Two, uh, <laughs> here, Amber and I are on the same side here. Where, but it was, it was really heavy heavy pass to run in the first half. And they came out in the second half, they got the ball, where they ran it 10 straight times and down to the goal line, and you're kind of like thinking, okay, they're getting back to what they're going to try and do. They're going to try to establish something. But I think that teams have figured this out about Dak. Make him read the field. Make him have to see all that color and make him have to. And you've got some guys out there, and Nick brought it up about the receiver and Ambar, that you know, you've got to be able to run routes. You've got to find a way not to get knocked off route. You know, you've got to find a way to to get open or to separate. And you know, he he made some bad throws. He's made some bad decisions. The interceptions that he made that the throw. I think he got fooled on the first one. I think he got fooled on the very first interception he had. I think it was they, he probably thought he was going to get man coverage. When Schultz went inside, the nickel didn't go with Schultz. He stayed where he was, and he threw the ball thinking that it was going to be, you know, that that, that nickel was going to clear. You know, I think that was about – he got hit on the second one. You know, that was ball got beat bad, got beat on the inside move, got beat on an outside move. That was a bad job by him, you know, and that's what it, it, it causes. But I think the teams have figured out that make him have to read. Don't blitz him because we saw what happens when you rush him. He throws the ball 51 yards down the field to, to, uh, to Noah Brown. You know, when you pressure him, he finds ways to manipulate and make plays. It's when you make him have to look at that, everybody's standing there, it's, that's when I think it's the hardest for him to do right now. And I have a feeling you're going to see teams do it more. That they've kind of figured that out about him. Make him have to make him have to study and kind of try and confuse him on where bodies are on certain parts of the field. One thing I want to point out that I think is is fair uh, when you talked about them having the disparity between the pass yeah. and the run game in the first half. A lot of that happened in that final drive. The final drive when they were in their two minute trying yeah. to score before the half, they had ten straight passes. Yeah. If you don't factor that in, they were at about a 50-50 were they, right? they were running yeah. like, I think they had run I 11 times, no, 10 times, and it passed 11 times. So they were at a 50-50 till that drive, and obviously that drive threw it way out of whack because yeah. they were just trying to drive down the field to get to the field goal. So I just think that has to be factored in. Like, yes, they did still have the disparity, yeah. but I do think that has to be factored in that they were calling a pretty balanced game up until that, that drive. Just something to think about. Um, let's let's actually move on. I want to talk about the defense a little bit because we got, I really need to in that final segment. We got to talk a lot about what happens from here because there are a lot of injuries that are that are part of this conversation at this point. But let's start about the defense. The one area I will give them some credit is yesterday uh, against Damian Pierce, who we all agreed that's yeah. that's the guy you got to worry about the most. They held him to 22 carries, 78 yards, a 3.5 average. He did get in the end zone once. Uh, but all in all, that's a day where you look at it and you say they did a pretty good job against a back that is, has, you know, he's shown some things in, in weeks where you would think he could be a problem. That being said, there were other things that they had problems with, particularly 
Jeff Driscoll and what he presented in the RPO game and how they used him running the ball. He had seven carries for 36 yards, yeah. average 5.1. How concerned are you guys, not necessarily even just about yesterday, but knowing that you got to deal with Philly still, and you may have to deal with other teams that run that style of offense, do you put this in the category of Dallas just wasn't ready for it, or do you put this in the category of this is still a problem? Yeah, for them? running quarterbacks with a good running back as well, that, that seems to be an issue. Uh, Fields and Montgomery, Hurts and Sanders, even in this case, you know the, those two runners, both of them could run well, not as well as Driscoll, but both of them with Pierce. I just think the combination of both doesn't, doesn't fly well. Uh, um, with this team, and, and then it, and then it lets a, a guy that you never even heard of, you know, go make you know have a career day at, at receiver. So I do think that that the, the running quarterback element gives this team the biggest uh, issues, and 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 it allows other players to, to make more plays. Yeah, I mean, again, I'm looking at the Damian Pierce thing so well, and he had that one run for 24, so in reality it's like 21 carries for 54 yards, which is kind of like you're thinking going into the game. You take that all day for there. The running quarterback is an issue, and the problem is this team is so aggressive in the way they play. They fly to the ball, and that's the deal. And you have to have discipline. You have to have. There were a couple of times there where you know you look at uh, guys like Leighton Vanderish who had a hell of a game. That yesterday was a type of game that Leighton Vanderish thrives in. Mm-hmm. They're going to try and run the ball. There's not a lot of passing going. They're going to try. You know, they're going to try and, and and beat up on you a little bit and do some stuff. But they had guys in space. They had guys in space. They had Wilson in space one time. They had Vanderish in space in one time. You know, it's one thing to go and tackle those. You've got to tackle those guys. You've got to keep teams from not wanting to hand, you know, make them keep handing the ball off. You know, punish the quarterback, whatever you have to do when he's running with the football. You know, good hard tackling. And that way you keep these quarterbacks, they want to, they don't want to get hit. They keep giving it off. They give it off. They give it off. But yeah, the running quarterback is an issue here because of how aggressive the Cowboys play their front and how they're trained to go get the football. And the discipline they play with or the lack of it shows when the quarterback pulls that ball and takes off running. I think now, I mean, I would really try to focus a lot on the way you tackle the opponent team, the opposing team, in trying to get the ball out of their hands. Because I think that's an area where they can actually, if they get to the guy, that they can try to take advantage. Because we saw it even that that one play, you know, where uh, Trevon Diggs get, gets the ball back and then figures out. My point is here is if you can fully fix the problem, I would emphasize when you do get to the runner, whoever it is, whether that's the quarterback or the running back, tackle, like, I don't know, as far as techniques, how tackling where you can get the ball and hit it and just try to get it out as much as possible just to recover the ball. Because I don't know what else you can do um, to get better. In general, just in stopping the run at this point of the season. I mean, what I mean, you've been saying some of the things that you can yeah. do there, but an advantage that they can do is just try to get more the ball for the the offense. But yeah. the other thing, than that, th- I don't know what else you can do. The only thing about that is that you could be 
Sometimes you just want to get the guy to the ground. Yeah. And so when you are punching for the ball, they break loose. They you, that's like five, six. Mm. That's what they were trying to do to Zeke on that first good run yeah. where he went like twenty yards. And and after about fifteen, they were trying to get the ball. And and it's like, well, somebody's got to get him down. So yeah. it, it's a great technique. Some some players really do it well. It's just that you've got you can't miss because if you miss. I'm sure that Peanut Tillman, you know, mm-hmm. he had the peanut punch. I'm sure he's missed a few as well too. So there's two two you know two ways of thinking there. You also get the guy to the ground. Yeah, we, we've but. seen we've seen what what playing really good read option football does to Michael Parsons in that Philadelphia game. It froze him, mm-hmm. you know, and that's the last thing you need is your entire defense being frozen. By that, you know, and and that's why I think the Cowboys they're gonna they're gonna be damned. They're gonna try and get to the ball. They're gonna try and be aggressive. If they give up the run to the quarterback, they're you know so be it. You know, I just I think there's things the tackling aspects I think are are well you know uh, I think those are good things to think about. But if you get these guys in space, you got to make sure. I mean, there were a couple of times where Driscoll was just more athletic, more quick, more fresh, whatever you want to say, to able to run away, you know, from the defenders. And, and I'm watching some highlights and he was pretty good too at like throwing while running, while on the run. And well, that touchdown pass thing. he had was a really good pass. He had several yeah, throws yeah. where he's just running, running, running mm-hmm. and then throws and makes mm-hmm. the yeah. the connection there. So uh, that's a definitely a challenge for the Cowboys. For sure. Yeah. And I, I think that we, we I don't want to overstate this. We're talking about this, but at the end of the day, the Cowboys did still hold them to 37 carries for 114 yards yeah. on a 3.1 average yep. and only allowed three points in the second half. But no, that's true. Yeah. So, yeah. so you, you don't want to be too critical like, they just sucked yesterday. I don't think yeah. that was the issue. No. I think it was just we've seen this thing happen before. And it's one of the things I talked about at the beginning of the show that where you look at this game. And even if you want to give them the benefit of the doubt, they had a bad day, they still won. There are some troubling things coming out of this game, and that's one of them. Can I say a positive thing that I saw yesterday? Diggs played much better as a defender when it came to having to Mm -hmm. deal with the run. Mm -hmm. You know, there were one time the ball spilled to the outside. Pierce is trying to, and he's like playing leverage. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't soften and all that. He had a couple of tackles. I mean, on the in the final drive for the Texans, they threw a first down pass. He drives the guy, he tackles. He was trying to keep the guy in balance. You could tell he was trying to keep him in balance. So, you know, the positivity of him tackling better or playing with a more physical edge, I think Bland played. Playing with a more physical edge out there, you know, there were some things in the secondary. I think that when when I always worry is when they don't tackle and they don't play with any physicality. I thought yesterday they did. So if if teams are going to try and run the ball to the perimeter, it's nice to know that Diggs could step up and make plays if he has to. Bland can step up and make plays. Barr was in a good position yesterday to make plays, of course, like he did on the fourth down play. So, you know, those kinds of things are encouraging to me. All right, we're going to take our final break. We'll come back. Let's talk about these injuries. Cowboys injury list is growing after the loss of Anthony Brown last week. He had more losses this week. We'll talk about that when we come back. DallasCowboys.com radio. The season is finally here. For months, we've been gearing up to win. Now it's time for the team that performs on any field, United Ag and Turf. With John Deere zero turns for mowing, compact tractors for loading, mini excavators for digging, Gator utility vehicles for hauling, implements for grading, hay tools for baling, United Ag and Turf for winning. 
the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com for more. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Yes, sweet! Did you get to work on time? Yeah, but I just realized it's Sunday. Little sweet says head on home. Dr. Pepper's on its way. So sweet, unique. Baby, there's nothing better. I bet you've probably done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Did you invest your nest egg in an NFT? Yeah, and I don't even know what that is. It's a non-fungible token. When you build, you start with the foundation. And home ownership is a foundation of a stable future. The Bank of America Community Home Ownership Commitment has helped over 34,000 people lay the groundwork so far. With up to $10,000 towards your down payment or 3% of the purchase price, whichever is less, the satisfaction of owning your own place can become a reality. Visit bankofamerica.com slash homeowner to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Equal housing lender. Credit and collateral is subject to approval. Restrictions apply. This is not a commitment to lend. Back to the break. Every Friday and Saturday night through December 17th, it is the Christmas extravaganza here at the Star in Frisco. Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders, Dallas Cowboys football heroes, and Santa Claus too. Visit thestardistrict.com slash Christmas for more information. Welcome back. It is the final segment of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We are presented by Miller Lite, the only beer of the Dallas Cowboys. Let's talk injuries, man. It, it's, it started Crazy. getting pretty hectic yesterday because there are not only guys you lost, there were other guys that left the games that you just mentioned in the break, Amber, like Trayvon Diggs, who came back, that we all were a bit worried there for a second. And if you lose him, not all three of your starting cornerbacks going into the season are gone. Uh, but he did come back and play. There are three other troubling injuries, though, that yeah. we do need to talk about. Jeff yeah. he hurt. He hurt himself on the tackle, the, the tight end, when he right. came up. And, yeah, he got he kind of, when he undercut, and it, yep. that kind of jacked him up a little bit. Yep. So let's start with the injury I think that is, in my opinion, probably the biggest uh, Terrence Steele, uh, right tackle. Um, what are we hearing about his situation and, and where he is as far as a prognosis is concerned? I disagree with you on the order of your injuries, okay. but I will say <laughs> he's, he's got a torn ACL and he's out for the season. Uh. And, and, and as bad as that is, um, you know that I still think that there's there could be a worse one. That is really bad because he's been playing so well and he's such a, a good young player that they're trying to resign. And I'm not saying that they won't now, but um, you know, that's just, it's bad because, you know, the continuity, you already have issues on the left side. Now you stuff with the right side. But I, I just think that I just, it's a very rare situation to lose a really good player like this. And you might have a better backup. You might. I mean, Jason what? Peters could be a better backup. He's a, be, he's, he's, a, he's a better pro. He's never been, he hasn't played a lot of right tackle, but he's, he could be a better player for you. And he certainly changed things when he got in the game and they had Josh Ball over there, which will probably never play right tackle again this season, I wouldn't think. I mean, I, I, I was going to ask you, do you think they're going to rotate Ball and Peters? 
I'm just. I'm, I'm, Did I just make you throw up in your I, mouth a little I bit? I know exactly what Nick is thinking. No, he's uh, he's way over in left field. Don't get him started. He's, his mind is. No, he's got a bad I, I, mind. Come on, I mean, <laughs> rotate ball and Peters. Come on now. Um, no, but I'm saying. I, yeah, but, but, I don't. But we've seen. But we've seen him. You know, we've seen yeah, him yeah. like they. You know, maybe they don't want Jason Peters playing 65 plays. Maybe not. Yeah, you know, I, but I don't know honestly. And I, I saw your tweet this morning, Brian. You want you Peter said, playing five? Though? I mean, ball playing. I mean, God, well, but that's he played twenty eight. Did he that's play? What okay. Brian said. He yeah. did. He played. He played twenty eight plays. And the problem was the the one the backed up plays. He got beat inside, and that that threw him. And then all of a sudden, now you're oversetting it inside, and, and then you get, get bent yeah. on the edge. Yeah. And it and sometimes with these, and we've seen with guys like with Chaz Green, like once you have a bad one. It just yeah. it just snowballs, and you can't recover. And you know, to Jason Peters' credit, they were thinking about you know. I mean, I was talking to Jane Slater from the NFL Network about this after the game. Like Jason Peters went up to to Joe Philbin, and Philbin's like they're kind of like talking about it, and they go with ball, and then it, it you know then at the end it's like you're going in. We've talked about this. You go in there. So, you know, and th- there's a previous regime that probably would have just ran with ball and, you know, and, and tried to explain it at the end of the day, but they didn't. They they made the switch. But the 28 plays, they, I, I, you know, I, I have great guys on all their plays. I don't, you know, the one or two plays, yeah, could it have killed you in the game? Absolutely it could have, you know. And that's the unfortunate thing. You know, I mean, I graded Michael Parsons on all the plays he played. He didn't have a sack. They make him a terrible player? No, but you got to just grade those plays. And they did the right thing by putting Peters in because I think Ball's confidence was not very good at that point. Yeah, I think the interesting thing here, too, is you also have to factor in what we saw during training camp and the preseason. And I think that's why that even though you say you got to factor in all the plays from yesterday, I think fans were looking at it as, yeah, that might have only been two plays yesterday, but we've seen this – before we saw this during the preseason, we saw this during camp. Like he's been shaky, and so yesterday was just more confirmation that he's shaky. And then I think the Cowboys made the move. So I think that's where probably most fans are looking at this and saying, "Ball's not the guy. He's not the guy." And then it becomes a question of, do you take one of the tackles? Nick, you and I talked about this in the press box yesterday. It's hard to believe in a world where you have a team that has Tyron Smith, Tyler Smith, and Jason Peters on it that two of those guys would be sitting on the bench in favor of Josh Ball, yeah. even if they've never played right tackle. You at some point say, okay, guys, well, one of y'all need to figure it out and play right tackle. Jason Peters has played right tackle. He played like eight snaps in the fourth quarter the other day. He's never Yesterday, he's never practiced in, you know, in what, 17 years. Yeah. So I like my chances with him getting better. I heard an interesting question <laughs> this morning that came up. Somebody said, would you consider? I think it was Brad. It was Brad Sham. He was on 105.3 The Fan. He said, nobody's told me this, but it does make me think. You go back to Tyron's rookie year. He played right tackle. He did. Is the answer to this question, keep Tyler where he is, put Tyron Smith on the right side? I, I, I still, I've said this a hundred times. Jason Peters, I still think he, he needs to be out there. Like I, I would rather have... Tyler Smith, I mean, I'm sorry, Tyron Smith at left tackle, Jason Peters at right tackle, and then just figure out the best left guard for Jacksonville and Philly and all that. Not for the future, not for all that stuff. Just who is the best left guard, figure it out. Don't worry about feelings. We'll deal with that later. But, I mean, that's I, I think. If Jason Peters can go out and just play like that and, 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 and has never played it in 17 years, 
then I, then I'm okay with him like all week learning the steps, figuring it out, playing next to a pretty good player in Zach Martin. Yeah, I I think that could be a really good right side of the line. I'm kind of feeling. I mean, I, I Nick makes a lot of great points, and there's a side of me that thought that maybe initially after week one when there were struggles with with Steele, why wouldn't you put why wouldn't you put uh, you Peter. know Smith over there at, at you know at right tackle. Which Smith? Tyler. Uh, 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 Tyler Smith. Tyler, Tyler. Smith. And yeah, yeah, and exactly. Peters. You know, yeah. I was sitting there thinking, you know, through Tram, like watching. Hey, if I'm going to put my best five out there, why would you not put Tyler Smith? I would consider playing Tyler Smith at right tackle and using Peters as that swing guy. If you know, if you want to get, if you want to let, if you want to let Peters continue. And the smart thing the Cowboys have done this year is they've been using Peters. Throughout the season, it wasn't like he had to come in in week 14 and yeah. save the day. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. This one, like, oh, the first time he's got no, to he's play played. all year, yeah. Yeah. he's played. That's that was so, a smart move. Yeah. So, yo, by them, by them not just saying like we're going to sit there and just continuity, continuity, continuity. No, by playing Peters, you got him ready so he could step in at least. Mm-hmm. Like, imagine him like he hadn't played all year, and all of a sudden they're like, he can go at right tackle. And <laughs> played all year. Have you ever played right tackle? 2005. Oh, okay. You know, imagine that. Here we go. Yeah, imagine <laughs> right. that. See, that's, I mean, this is where yeah. when rotation actually helps you. And by them playing him in these games and kind of messing with the continuity has actually been and to the point now where you have options along the line. Mm-hmm. My, my option would be to play Tyron Smith at left tackle, put Smith at right tackle, and use Peters as the swing. That's what I would do. You know, this team has made a lot of questionable decisions along the way that has made me kind of raise an eyebrow and squint my eyes and be like, "Ah, I don't know if I agree with that, but it's proven to work. So I think I'm at a point, and just like you said, continuity. Continuity. It's this side of the room. I'm not even going to say it. Repetition, (laughs) you know, you got to work in there, the same thing over and over. That's the old let's say Jason Garrett era where we used to we were you just stick with what you got and we saw it in yeah. that game they took out ball so my point is i think i'm at a point now where i actually now trust their decisions and yeah. their judgment on what is going to work best so as opposed to before i was kind of things didn't really make that much sense we saw it one way they saw it a different way but over time i think that when you look at when um, Mike McCarthy got here, how things started, even all the questions that we were wondering, why is Steele playing his second year? He got better and better and better. So now, looking all the last three years, I think every decision, how you see the the final outcome has worked out for them. So I do trust whatever decisions they make, even if I question it at first, I think they're going to make the right one. And they've shown not they've shown not to be scared or afraid to make whatever switch that they need to make, even mid-game, whenever. They just they'll do it. So we'll see. Interesting situation here. But I did want to ask something real quick. Is it better to move a veteran guy? Because we've talked about the difference of sides, you know, right versus left. Is it better to move a guy that has already the experience, a veteran guy, or is it kind of easier to take the younger guy, a guy like Tyler Smith, that you can, that is still moldable, like you're still molding, you know, you look at like how babies are, they, they just absorb things very quickly and then they can adjust versus an older person that's already used to it and accustomed to 
being mm-hmm. on that side, specific side. I'm, I'm, I th- you're absolutely right. I move the younger guy. I mean, Ty- Tyron Smith is a Hall of Fame left tackle. You know, now you, you could ask him to to play right tackle, but I mean, I just think I'm doing everything in my pot in my power just to keep him and let him since he's coming back, since he hasn't played all year. I'm going to let him play the position that he naturally plays. I'm not going to bring him back and say, okay, man, I need you to play right tackle. I know you haven't played all year. I think I'm going to move. I think Tyler Smith, to me, would be better suited. It would help him play next to Zach Martin, too. You know, And that way you could keep McGovern at guard. You know, They're, they're okay with McGovern playing at guard. You know, so I, I'm 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 more likely to move the young guy and let the and let Peters, who I think like I say, keep him as that is that ace in the ace in the hole. If something if say if Tyler Smith struggles, then you put him in the lineup and go from there. All right, we don't have much time. Actually, we're already over time. Nick, real quick, just give me the other injuries that we got that we need to keep an eye on. We'll Justin, talk about some of the yeah. details of them tomorrow. But Hank, Hankins, Justin Hankins, uh, he's dealing with a pec injury. We'll yeah. see how long. I mean, he could be this. It could be the season. We'll see how long he's going to be out. But that's big because they went and got him, and yeah. they don't he's really have. Really a, and he's good. Really good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, backup for him. Uh, for Jake Ferguson uh, with a concussion. So we'll see uh, you know, how long it takes for him to come back. And then also. Um, Dorrance Armstrong was in a walking boot, and he says he just tweaked his ankle. But you know, I don't think they just give walking boots out for everything, so it didn't look good. Unless he forgot his shoe for him. Yeah, maybe left <laughs> in the locker maybe. room. Forgot to put just the wear shoe this on. boot. Wear yeah. this boot home. Yeah, yeah. it's wear the boot home. You'll you'll freak everybody. <laughs> Bring it back out. tomorrow, please. Yeah, don't worry about it. Happened on the very last play of the game, the yeah. hail mary. He yeah. got kind of pushed as the guy flushed to the outside, and and that was that happened was to that. Dak that way with a calf injury too. Yep. Happens. All right. Appreciate you guys joining us. We'll be back tomorrow. We're going to get a little deeper into some of these conversations. Maybe we have some clarity on some of these injuries and what's going to happen. And then we'll start talking about what the Cowboys need to do to move forward from them. Till then, for Nick Eben, Brian Broaddus, Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been the break live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?